It's Tuesday night. I'm running a bath. My head is heavy. My body is sore. My heart aches and anticipates. I am preparing to leave a city I have known my whole life and loved. I've born and reborn, struggled and triumphed in this city. And I am packing my bags to head to the forests and the lakes in hopes of finding what? I'm not really sure. But I am tired and I need the deep green breath of the forest and the cool crisp water of the lake to bathe in. I need to recenter. And strange cacophony of emotion and human experience, I am headed to the lakes and the forest to re-establish myself and to search for the love within when there is an absence of the love without. And will I find it? Who's to say? I know in my gut in that sacred part of the body that should be listened to, that guides with wisdom, that carries the messengers of feelings to warn me of what to be prepared for. I know that I am choosing what is good for right now, and it does not carry all the hope that perhaps once it did. But I am reminded that there are signs along the way, And so I share with you this essay from seven years ago. It is Sunday afternoon, and the song of Tui has caught my attention. That is not unusual. I hear the Tui every morning when I wake up, as I make my coffee. But to hear her chattering in the middle of the day instead of dawn or dusk is different. And so I listen to her singing and walk into the backyard to see what she has to show me. Atui is a messenger, and I am on the lookout for signs. As Dana Scully once said in The X-Files, time passes in moments, moments which rushing past define the path of a life just as surely as they lead towards its end. How rarely do we stop to examine that path, to see the reasons why all things happen, to consider whether the path we take in life is our own making or simply one which we drift with eyes closed. But what if we could stop, pause to take stock of each precious moment before it passes? Might we then see the endless forks in the road that have shaped a life and seeing those choices choose another path? What if there was only one choice and all the other ones were wrong? and there were signs along the way to pay attention to. Why look for signs at all? There are some who no longer believe the world is a magic place, if it ever was. That it is all construction of our own will and coincidence. But I prefer to believe there is an element of mystery and wonder. That we create from the hand we are dealt and the opportunities that come our way, Each choice is a signpost, and there are signs everywhere if we choose to look and if we choose to see. It's a dance, I think. The more you look, the more you see. And the more you see the language the universe is speaking in, it is no coincidence. 
It is no coincidence I have three messenger birds tattooed on my arm. The world and my skin is full of stories, if we will learn to tune in. Some people say when feathers appear, angels are near, an assurance that someone is watching over us. And I see feathers from time to time, almost always in the seasons of life that are challenging and chasing me. The first one I remember was in New York, when I needed someone to be watching over me, perhaps more than I ever had before. That trip, I came to believe no matter where I went in life or what happened next, I was going to make my own pathway through it. And there were signs along the way to pay attention to. Once, rolling down long stretches of American highway in the dark night, a green glow lights up in the distance, and eventually it comes barreling past me, the same destination written on that sign just 50 miles closer than the last. 50 miles is a long way to drive in the dark, without a single assurance you're still on the right road. Even though you haven't met an intersection for hours, that road is daunting and lonely, fear and frustration like to turn up too but all you need is one more signpost to let you know you're heading in the right direction and getting closer all the time. I see a feather now and my mind whispers to my soul, inflates my heart, you're on the right path still, just keep going, stay the course. Is it an angel, the universe, or my desire to find evidence that supports what I believe to be true, what I want to be true? It doesn't matter. The meaning of the sign is for me and me alone but I prefer a world with magic and meaning in it. I look and listen for the signs while I wait. I've learned that things take time, these tiny fragments of life that rush past, but when compressed together, move like glaciers. I'm never patient enough at first. Slowly, because time will teach you that slow is sometimes good, I have realized the value in taking the long, dark road, despite how lonely it appears. There are some things you can only learn on the slow road. There are some dreams you simply cannot make happen for yourself. You can only be ready for when the moment is right and the choice appears before you. I think there is a serendipity in getting ready and when the moment arrives, the in-between. Few of us are born ready for the things we aspire to, let alone born with the vision to see true possibility. You have to learn how to learn what you discover you need along the way. And then learn to see the signs along that path so you don't lose yours. In fact, some of us need to learn to see in entirely different ways. A long time ago I had a dream, and I learned I needed to let it go, so my fragment of a vision could grow and become something new. So I buried the seed. I let it go. I walked away. For a long time I've been walking down the highway of that dream, realising at times what the collection of moments have given me in wisdom, understanding and growth. So I am closer, but I have no idea where or if the road will ever end. So today, the tui sang, and I walked into the backyard to see it eating from the sweet, ripe fruit on the apple tree. It looked up at me and sang again. We shared a moment and then a moment more until the tui flew to the tree behind the apple tree in the far back corner of the yard. I walked quietly, until I encountered the most amazing fragrance hanging in the air. It was sweet and tart and almost tangy. And I looked at the tui, sitting in the tree that has never borne fruit in the six years I've lived in this house. 
All at once, the fragrance was intoxicating, and coming from the corner of the earth, littered with dark red fruit, the grass and dirt stained pink from bursting skins, the tree itself still heavy laden on every possible branch, and the tui sang once more and took flight back to the apple tree. Message delivered. The winter is over. The tree that was bare has borne fruit. Stay the course. Don't give up. Seeds buried might grow to trees and even then you might wait another season before the tree bears fruit, but keep reading the signs along the way and you'll be ready when the moment comes. Pay attention. There are signs along the way. To accompany this story, uh, a poem about the seed that I once buried, in the words of Henry Nguyen, every time there are losses, there are choices to be made. You choose to live your losses as passages to anger, blame, hatred, depression and resentment, or you choose to let these losses be passages to something new, something wider and deeper. When you plant a seed in the earth, the seed must die in order to bloom. The seed itself disintegrates while germination takes place. And so it is a kind of death that requires earth and moisture, warmth and oxygen. It is the kind of death that usually brings new life with it. And so once I asked the universe for a bigger heart, willing to love deeply instead of the small, tight-held heart of my hand, and that my eyes would open to whatever new things could burst forth from the seed of my dreams that I was willing to bury. And this poem came to be. Little seed, you have carried the hope of my soul. You have been my world, my all, my invested self. And I have finally learned that burying you in the dark, damp ground is the very task you were made for, that I was made for. Made to be buried, my confusion and sorrows. Little seed, today you are gone down into the dirt, And I am empty-handed again, bruised from holding you so tight, so long holding myself from the brink of homecoming, my pathway home to the house of my fathers. The wide open, unknown but familiar embrace is scattered with small burial mounds, hope-filled moments where I have learned to trust open-handed into the darkness and plunge my hands into the earth, letting go. Secretly, I am burying myself, placing my two easily constructed ideas into the earth to break down, to shake out new strength, learning to breathe in the big, empty spaces, now that I am ready to be new. And lastly, a poem on learning to listen to your body. A poem in three parts than being alone and not alone. 1. Some people will tell you to listen. Listen and learn from your own body. 
It's good advice to master your body, to learn it. But no one says also, here is a warning and a notebook to write it down. Because if you listen to your body, you will hear everything in one voice but a thousand sounds, plucks, scrapes, clicks and thunders. The body makes a dozen slow, deep, thundering sounds, and then the bzzz of a hair standing on end, the stubborn grip of the womb moaning in protest before letting go each month, the delicate tiny sounds that only you can know, the pop of hidden bones in the ankle you rolled aged 14 before you knew what it was like to listen. 2. Now you hear the wind brushing your skin, the ice crack of goosebumps rising in response. You think, I might survive on the wind's caress. So now you believe you are at one with the night air silence, and light touches you from the moon, distant and cold. You are bathed in mist coming off the sea, into the valley of peat and stone. A dozen hands come close but cannot hold. You think, I might remain unanchored here. You and your body in a long communion, listening and talking together. Sighing, your body does not sigh, but a kind of hum diminishes, slowly, like the sky sinking to earth. 3. Then the wind turns and grows warm after a long silence. In a moment, I am not alone. I feel my body's voice rise again, the whoosh of hidden skin pulling tight, calling my senses to attention. There is the beat and throb of my pulse rising to match another, blood pushing blood, coming into tune for a cadence, pause humming and trumpet song, a thousand tiny pressure valves released. I make no noise but hear. My fingertips sigh gently as they land on other skin, burning, singing, laughing aloud, saying, no, no, I cannot be alone. I have learned my body sings, and I will let it. This was spoken by me, Tash McGill. Thanks for listening. I hope that you'll join me again. You can find my written work online at Substack or at TashMcGill.com. Find me on social media at Tash McGill. And as always, please subscribe, rate, review, let me know what you think. Uh, today's episode soundtrack was composed by Anders Schill Paulson and the words spoken and written by me.